Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and early 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Marga Pupard. And I'm your other host, Emily Beijing. Well, for our very special 69th episode, we had to bring a podcast sibling on to discuss the hollow text of Even Stevens. And more importantly, what is up with Christy Carlson Romano, like just generally mm-hmm. speaking? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> we are calling upon for this very important subject are Sam and Molly from the Hold Up Podcast. Hold Up Podcast is two millennials who look back on their childhood and decide if the things that they were obsessed with as kids are still worth loving. Sam is an LA-based writer, actor, and comedian, and Molly is a writer, comedian, and lover of burritos everywhere. You might have caught them at San Francisco Sketch Fest. Please welcome the holdup. Hi, welcome. Sam and Molly. Hello. Hi. Thank Thanks you for, for having, having us. us. Oh my God. Thank you guys for being here. We're so excited so to talk excited. even Stevens with you guys. Um, if you guys oh, if you guys, the audience, don't know what Even Stevens <laughs> is or is not familiar, um, it aired on the Disney Channel for three seasons from June of 2000 to 2003, where it was retired after it hit this weird rule that they put in of having a 65-episode limit. But they also ended up having a series finale movie, the Even Stevens movie, that aired shortly thereafter. It follows the life of the Stevens, a family living in suburban Sacramento, which I, I don't know. I don't remember Sacramento being a key detail from it's earlier in one viewings. Song. One Ooh, song. I do. <laughs> yeah. Because of the con- like her the the mom is a congresswoman. That's like that's the biggest thing that I think uh, comes up with Sacramento. Yes. Well, I, actually, well, I remember it from when I was watching as a little kid because I was like, dang, I didn't know people lived in Sacramento, which is a very <laughs> yes. mean postal thing to think. Um, yes. But I was like, surely there is the Capitol building in Sacramento and nothing else is what I thought I'm, when I was little. You wouldn't be totally off base. I mean, it, they've really built it out now, but we did like a fifth grade field trip to Sacramento where we sort of like we went to the state building and then we did like a day in the life of like an old timey Sacramento resident. And we went and like learned history in like a one room oh. classroom with no AC. And we oh, were just in no. like I, we didn't churn our own butter, this, but something very and, close to that. I was very. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't know it, but that's actually where Greta Gerwig grew up. Was in yes. that one room schoolhouse yeah. with no, uh, <laughs> no air conditioning. So it's it's inspiration for Little Women and for Lady Bird. Both at Lady the same Bird's time. everywhere. It's like it's like her and Joan Didion in a one room <laughs> schoolhouse, just yeah. just Both trading stories, talking about how someday they're going to become very famous for uh-huh. their writing 
editing and they're directing. She's um, like, Francis, yeah. ha ha ha, wish we had air conditioning. Am I right, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we got off on a very interesting Sacramento tangent, um, even Stevens mainly focuses on the clashing personalities of the two younger siblings in the Stevens family, Ren and Lewis, played by Christy, Kim Possible, Carlson Romano, and Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh, no nickname for him. No, I mean, all of the nicknames are like not as like funny or maybe nice and like no. Shia Honeyboy LaBeouf. I mean, we can talk about <laughs> nice. I do. I do love that in my in our notes to you uh, for like interesting articles you could read for reference <laughs> under documentaries. We included Honeyboy, which we hope that you would appreciate. Yes, I love that. Also, there was the LOL after like Honeyboy LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's pretty bad. I remember like reading a tweet after that movie came out was just like every time I watch even Stevens now and I see Lewis's nostrils flare, <laughs> I just start crying. I know. I, I watched Honey Boy uh, not even for this podcast. You know what, guys? I was a Honey Boy honey from the jump. And- <laughs> She's just like a real <laughs> – Sam's a purist at this. I, I was. And and the same thing when I was rewatching, I was like, huh, a little bit darker, huh? Like, <laughs> it's kind of like they subbed out- Yeah. It's kind of like they subbed out all the zany music and put like really <laughs> sad music in it. I'm like, yeah, a little bit, little bit different of a show. <laughs> I've never felt more depressed than watching him get hit in the face with a cream pie. Like something that's supposed yes. to be really funny is like very artful and like sat and, you know, being French, it's like very sad clown. And you're like, yes. I, get, I get the ennui in this scene deeply, even <laughs> though this should be funny. As Rachel Bloom says on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, just three garbage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, Sam, Molly, what is your relationship to the show Even Stevens? Well, I watched a lot. I was I was a Lizzie McGuire gal myself, but I, you know, my my way in was through Even Stevens, and I watched so much, but I remember zero except the musical <laughs> episode. And uh, I, when I was rewatching for this podcast, I was like, oh, it, it brings back faint memories, but I guess I had no real like it just went went in and out as soon as i watched it mm-hmm. the one thing that i do remember is that um i'm like mostly straight but i remember even as a kid watching <laughs> and going something weird is happening to me about tawny uh, mm-hmm. very hot mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and i was like oh i i am watching the show and i remember thinking as a kid like i think i watched the show because i think tawny is hot and that is uh what i thought today as well so yeah, that, that was my relationship. Um, yeah, so I was a Zoog Disney ho. I <laughs> the Zoogs I, way to bring it back. Like, is that the official terminology? Oh yes, a ZDH. I I speak for those yeah. who cannot speak. Um, yeah, yeah. I was glued. I was like glued to the TV all day every day after school if I could help it um so I watched all the Zoog Disney programming I asked an adult to help me log on to ZoogDisney.com I played all the Mm -hmm. games like I was way too into it for too long (laughs) I was too Um, no worries yeah I know my hoes are here I feel it um (laughs) (laughs) so I watched we're all here we're all here (laughs) here with your people this was 
I feel like this is one of those instances where with Disney Channel, they were really starting to capitalize on having an online community component, Mm -hmm. an official one for that matter, to their TV shows. Like, you know, in the 90s, there's like X-Files fandom and all that online. But in terms of like having a real like, see what, tell us what you think in the forums about this episode, Mm -hmm. like definitely one of the first networks to really go in on that big time. Well, if you ever want to do an episode uh, about the Amanda show, please have me on because I feel like that is my first intro to like digital sketch comedy uh, and is hugely formative. Uh, AmandaPlease.com. So that is that's an aspect <laughs> of this too. But um, in terms of even Stevens, I watched so many episodes. I have so many of it like ingrained in my mind. And I, yet I do not know how to calculate the tip at restaurants, but I absolutely remember <laughs> that in the um, the picture day episode, she has to say crepeasy. Mm-hmm. Why do I remember that? That's mm-hmm. so stupid. Um, so I remember little details from a lot of even Stevens, but it didn't hold the like space in my heart that like Lizzie McGuire did. Um, that being said, I always gravitated towards mean big sisters because I myself was a mean big sister. <laughs> and so I felt extremely – and I had like a kind of a chaotic uh, younger brother also. So I felt extremely seen and safe with like your Ren Stevens, your Angelica's, who I know is not technically a sister, but come on, Angelica from Rugrats. She's an she icon. has big big sister energy though. Yeah. She's always bo- I think it's more of like the dread word of like being bossy. Like she comes in and just takes mm-hmm. charge of the situation the way a big sister does and then criticizes a lot of criticizing oh, yep. happening. Yeah. So yep. I that I related to Ren in that way and this show in that way. And I can even remember like trying to bribe my brother to watch it with me. I don't know why, just maybe in like see, see the way that you are. See how <laughs> how much trouble this causes. Um, this is a documentary, and you need to sit down and learn some things <laughs> about a sister who is struggling for her life. <laughs> she's this big sister trying to keep this family together. <laughs> she's she's a the t- only thing. <laughs> this really the trials and tribulations of a middle child who's like sandwiched between two boys who seriously have ADHD, and is she just she's just trying to keep everyone happy? Like that's that's really the narrative that no one ever talks about mm-hmm. um, with even. Stevens. Um, and I think it's important we circulate that one. Well, I agree. On, on the topic of um, not remembering certain elements of the show that now seem integral in rewatching it, the older brother being a total jock, I completely blacked that guy out. Maybe mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. those types of dudes never paid any attention to me, so they don't have any sort of like real life context for me. It's like, yeah, I get it, bro. Shake weights, etc. doing push-ups. <laughs> but like I don't identify with these people. So I I just always kind of remember just it being about I mean, it is about mostly Ren and Lewis, but still did not have any recollection of this older brother character. I truly have no reason. I've watched so many episodes. I have no idea why he's included. I think that we should have made him. I think a better narrative choice would be to make him like a like a Vera from Cheers where they always yes. talk about their older brother, Tani, but he's yes. just not there. He's like a slammed door or something. I don't get Very what necessary. purpose he serves except yes. for hot. Yeah, I picked I like a say- random episode from the first season and it just so happened to be like the like he gets a Lewis gets a butler episode and the brother comes in and I'm like, wait, is the brother a ghost or is the butler a ghost? Am I missing some something about even Stevens? Like, did I forget? But no, he's like a real character. 
Yeah, I also Molly and I talked about this and I was like, yeah, I think they were like, oh, you know, Ren can't be hot because she's smart. You know, like we weren't mm-hmm. advanced mm-hmm. enough for her to mm-hmm. be able to be hot. Uh, so they were like, we got to <laughs> throw in this like face value hot character. And I was yeah. like, you guys, it's Tawny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, there's like, um, I I know someone who runs a podcast called Les Hangout. Um, and it's two lesbians who co-host this podcast. And they have an entire segment on like, should have been gay. And Tawny for mm-hmm. me is definitely mm-hmm. one of those characters. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's a real lateral move from Tawny to Ellie from Degrassi. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, they have like a scholarship in a rock yeah. over to Canada for that. Exactly. And that's another woman who I was like, huh, am I exactly to Ellie? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think so for sure. And then when her and Lewis are kissing and stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's what you have to go through before you're like, oh, I'm gay. That's why I kiss Lewis. Yes. Because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode. Uh, I might be able to guess these, but do you guys have a favorite even Stevens character, like a then and now, or is it just like Tawny and then Tawny again? For me, you're right. Yes. Yes, <laughs> mine. Um, yeah. Molly, do you I think yeah, you have un- more? No, unfortunately, it is gonna be Ren then, Ren now, Ren forever. <laughs> Tattoo CCR on my chest. Like, I'm, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> Ren heads. And, I mean, Ren, especially Christy Carlson Romano now, I feel like she not, she didn't play the character Ren. Like, this is who she is. Oh, like, totally. The progression and evolution yes. of her career is so Ren. She yes. is – well. Go ahead, Emily. Oh, I was just going to say, for they did not give her enough of a theater kid vibe on this show. But <laughs> look, I know they want to peg her as like the brain straight A student. She can be that, sure. But she has straight theater kid energy all the way. She is a Leah Michelle, young Anne Hathaway, like theater <laughs> well, kid all the way. Yeah, I think what I find so compelling is how... CCR today <laughs> still refuses to say bad things about Disney. Um, she is because she is, and she still, but she voices that she has like resentment that she was such like in her literal own words, like she was such a company man, and then now they've kind of like turned their back on her, and I find that so bittersweet and sad that she's like, I did everything right, especially when you consider like her her peers are child stars who went wild and who are like you know Lindsay Lohan and even Shia LaBeouf to an extent when you consider like she's she's feeling like I did everything right the worst thing I ever did was buy a crystal from a psychic who turned out (laughs) not to be a psychic you guys why where is my reward like I find something so tragically interesting in somebody who played so hard by the rules and was so tied to rules and then have it not work out exactly in their favor and I just mm-hmm. oh I'm, I think it's delicious and I, I think that the 90s did a lot of work in using really obnoxious overachieving girls as punchlines mm-hmm. yes yes and they are funny in a way but it's also like I think we can read deeper things to it about like we are actually as a culture kind of scared of women who are that earnest about wanting to do well 
Yes. So I think something's so interesting there. No, I completely agree. I think we, to a slight extent, I think we kind of explored that a few weeks ago because we did an episode on uh, the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. And we talked a little bit about like Hillary Clinton and how she was, you know, portrayed in certain ways. And I know it's very different because we're talking about teenage girls on a TV show versus a woman. <laughs> but in many ways, it's it's this classic like you've checked off all the boxes, you did everything right, you worked your ass off, and you're yet you're perceived a certain way, and therefore that is going to get you hate or, uh, you know, cyberbullied online or various other things just because of the way you're perceived. I don't think that she got bullied by any... I think that she Not feels bullied, really, but... like, left out. Like, yes, in, especially yeah, if you read everything that she talks about now, it's always, like, she does the clickbaity YouTube thing, which, like, <laughs> I appreciate that she's not, like, Laura Prepon, like, in her bunker kitchen making <laughs> yes. these weird prepper meals. I appreciate that she's forcing her husband to walk backwards and film her on a trail, <laughs> and she's telling us a story. Um, I thought the Anne Hathaway thing was really funny. It- I did oh, only because it was such a non-entity, right? It's like, oh, because we just did the Princess Diaries episodes. It's like, oh, I just couldn't make it to the audition because it was when we filmed Even Stevens. Like, there was no story there. Yeah. I well, know, also, but... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sam. I think that another thing it's pointing out is that, I mean, to her, she's spiraling, like like Molly's kind of referring to, too. Like, I did mm-hmm. everything right. It's also a thing of luck because we're leaving out my main girl, Hillary Duff, who did work really hard and did get everything. And she brings her up several times like, and Hillary, what a, what a sweetheart, you know? But it is kind of this, like, Hillary and I, you know, we were in movies together. You know, Hillary and I actually hung <laughs> yeah. out a lot. You know, Hillary and I both had shows on the Disney Channel. And, you know, now look at Hillary getting, getting, you know, how I met your father. It's like, and they both had recording careers, which I didn't even realize that she had a recording career until she did another walking video about how Katy Perry like stole one of her songs. And I put stole in air quotes because, again, it ended up being like another non event kind of thing. And her song was really good. The one that she talks about, I went and listened to it and I was like, this is a great song. So. (laughs) Were we loved a renaissance yeah, of music? I think so. The <laughs> so, renaissance. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yes. And I think I think the comparison to Hillary Duff is so interesting, especially because I think the more Hillary Duff stuff you watch, the more you're like, oh, babe's got like three tricks. Yep. We <laughs> love her. Yeah, we stand. True. We love very the hut she bought, yes. but she's she's kind of a three-trick pony, whereas I think that CCR you know, can actually sing and like has all this talent. But something I find interesting is I've gotten really into the ContraPoints YouTube channel lately. And I watched her video on cringe. And she talks so much about so much of what we find cringe is people just earnestly trying. And I think that's why people think the CCR channel is funny in a way is because it is this person who, you know, it would be easier for us if she faded into obscurity, but she's out here doing the frankly embarrassing thing of like trying to make it again from, you know, a a certainly higher ground, but like from the ground up and she's trying on this medium that is like not for people her age and all these things. So it's like, we're, we're repulsed by the trying of it all. And I, 
don't like that about our culture that we <laughs> we revile people well, who I, are trying and it's well, cooler not to try. She does go for it. Like I will give her that. I have a very small Ren drive-by experience. Ooh. Like a recent oh wait, one. Margo, if- title this episode The Reason That I Don't Talk <laughs> to Christy Carlson Romano. <laughs> That's going to be the title of the episode. The reason why I don't talk to Christy Carlson Romano is because she she DM'd and then started to comment on a lot of the photos of like this brand that I used to copyright for, like asking slash demanding for these. I mean, they're kind of che- they were cheap sunglasses that you she could totally fucking afford if you could dump <laughs> thousands of dollars into the videos that she was earnestly producing pre pandemic, pre walking through the forest angle then you can afford these $45 sunglasses that quite frankly were made in China and you could find a ripoff of these for even cheaper somewhere else without having to debase yourself by DMing us and telling us like I'm Ren from Even Stevens. I would love (laughs) to have a free pair of sunglasses so I could promote them on my Instagram. We immediately deleted it and everybody was like, oh my God, isn't that so sad? She's like out here begging for sunglasses. And I know our social media person was like, you know, in her 20s at that point, but even she was like, hmm. That's upsetting. Yeah. And I don't ever want to be, I don't want to elicit that reaction. Like, it's just, you know, she yeah. goes for it, though. There are people, she's just like Ren. She goes for the things that she wants. And like Molly was saying, like, sometimes she gets, like, punished and made fun of for it. Yeah. I think what's more, to me, it's not just trying, because I feel like that's, you know, a lot of art is in, could be embarrassing because you're earnestly trying but I feel like with her it's so transparent to be like a cling to relevancy which is why she has these bait and switch titles Mm -hmm. and that's what it is to me it's that it's like Mm -hmm. why I didn't get the part in Princess Diaries because I didn't audition you know so it's like why and like with her going for these sunglasses and being like don't you know I was Ren from even Stevens and I deserve these sunglasses and it's like wow, uh, it's just like the clinging on rather than being like, okay, like I I feel like it's so transparent and that's what's funny to me is that I'm like, oh, wow, you're just like, hey. And also the fact that she's getting like tons of paid ads on these things. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I get it. Like this is, you have decided that you're like, I, I, I'm going to make money by this way. And it's, it's not anything like we're all watching the videos. It worked, but it's also something where it's like, it's so clear what you're doing. I think the other thing that's interesting to me about her is ultimately it's, it's kind of sad because she Disney channel stars or just child stars in general kind of have like three paths, right? They either get a successful career as you know, they make it to adulthood or and and then the B side of that is that they can have a successful career, you know, on TV or various other mediums and are doing pretty well for themselves. The second one is that they uh, you know, go down the crazy, you know, path of sex drugs, work and roll, what have you. Um, and then the final one is that they, you know, go out and be something else. Like Charlie Bucket from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory it, like left the the world of Hollywood and became a veterinarian. Or um, Danica McKellar from The Wonder mm-hmm. Years got a PhD math in math. Exactly. Math is sexy. <laughs> oh Winnie Cooper should have been gay. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> great one. Great to uh, so, but, but it's interesting because for those who are trying their best to make it in that you know, first bucket where you're either going to be transitioning into an adult role, 
roles and do well for yourself like Hilary Duff, or you're going to do pretty well for yourself in that, you know, Comic-Con, do the funny video circuit, that kind of thing, um, and find yourself like another kind of niche you can be successful and be liked by certain people. Um, and then there are, there are the other ones who, you know, try their hardest to be in that world because they can't make it to the adult acting role world. And then, yeah, they find themselves in CCR territory, unfortunately. Well, I just find it, I agree with pieces of all that you're saying. I just find it a little wonky that the four of us who dedicate a lot of our time to podcasts where we're basically obsessed with our own pasts are mad at CCR for cashing in on her own past. It's very true. That's like a little, a little weird. And I also think that our culture has made it, you know, really profitable to look back in that way. And then when you look at the movies that she did, when she was trying to distance herself from, you know, even Stevens, none of us watched them. I mean, maybe I'm making too bold of a statement, but none of us gave a shit until she started making YouTube videos that are like, what went wrong with Kim Possible? So we're feeding this machine and laughing at it at the same time. And that's, it's a little icky to me. Mm, I think they're, I think they're different mediums though, because like, I, I think that what's, what is like funny about hers is, is the like, to me, it's so clearly like a, a selling thing because like we said, like there's nothing really that like we didn't know already or there are things that it's like, okay, so it's just like trying to do this. And I think like for her, it's very therapeutic and that's that's great. But to me, it so much seems like a cash grab that it doesn't like feel genuine, it, even, even though she's being incredibly genuine. I don't think that this is because she's had this in the back of her mind that she's like wanted to make YouTube videos about this experience for so long. But I mean, would I get mad at you because of like Sam's working as a copywriter, but I don't think she had it in her brain to be a copywriter all the time. Like we're all doing cash grabs every single day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like we're all doing cash grabs every single day. So maybe the only reason we don't like this is because it's really bald and we again, don't like people who are visibly trying. We like people who are effortlessly grabbing cash or effortlessly I will say, I I just don't generally like YouTube storytelling in general, but I do like the (laughs) interviews that she's given. Like she recently, she was interviewed for Vanity Fair talking about how her YouTube channel is like doing so well. And she always points to this like Vanity Fair cover where it was like, it's raining teens as like sort of like a pivotal moment. Oh, yes. And it's like an iconic cover about how she feels really jilted about that. And I actually really appreciate it because I'm sure in every artist or creative person's life, there's that moment where you're like, that should have fucking been me. And I just appreciate Mm -hmm, that she's very bald about it. I just personally don't care for like YouTube as a a genre. That's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, I, and I just felt like her, the DM story with the sunglasses is just like, she's not, (laughs) that's the moment I realized like she wasn't playing Ren. She is Ren. This is like such a Ren move to like, just DM them and be like, just give me sunglasses. I don't really see what the problem is. And like, I personally love, you know, bossy know-it-alls as like a self-identified bossy know-it-all. So I've always appreciated the character of Ren, but also Christy Carlson Romano as a person. And I do remember one of her 
first non-even Stevens things that I actually did want to see was she played Belle in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Oh. But apparently that like ruined, almost ruined Broadway for her because people were so mean to her about <laughs> I her, I don't know, that. level of um broadway or non-broadway experience i guess she was just it you could tell that she was nervous which who wouldn't be fucking nervous but yeah i didn't watch any of her movies because i i don't know what they are but i am aware <laughs> no, that she was on broadway <laughs> and to be i i just i also want to make it clear i think they are really funny videos and i think <laughs> she is a really funny character i just think we need to zoom out a little bit about who we pick to like and dislike and why. Anyway. I, no, I, I like this. I agree with you. I appreciate this, this like reflection on this. And there is a part of me that half seriously believes that Chrissy Carlson Romano could do very well for herself in a, another career in like some sort of a one woman show like where she oh, just fuck yeah I think her stories in this case have a really because she has the theater background I could totally see her doing like confessions of a former Disney Channel star yes I, like, I want to produce the shit out of this for her <laughs> I want her to you know get like a dark horse Tony nomination like <laughs> I want this life for CCR so hard and I have you Molly to thank for thinking about this thank you i will defend poor defenseless white women uh endlessly (laughs) don't ask me about elizabeth holmes but um yeah (laughs) but one of the well speaking of the middle path that emily was talking about about how like you kind of you go the circuit of like i show up to fan cons and i do a lot of cameos beans has the most like sweet slash (laughs) devastating story about what happened afterwards and how he was at a mall actually in san francisco not too long ago working like in a santa's village to feel closer to his dad during the holidays because his parents had passed away oh my god it was just like so devastating but also being spotted got him inspired to like do cameo so i just i found and he's like one of the few stars that are like yeah i'll do the thing you guys all know me for like i'll eat a bunch mm-hmm. of bacon or do like a weird voice <laughs> like i just found that to be so sweet and sad at the same time and so unexpected from like the little i miss like the zany like cr- like he was kramer for children like he would just show up unannounced yes. all <laughs> yes. the time yes that's really funny <laughs> Yeah, that was a really sad article, but I'm glad he seems to be doing much better now. This is your call to (laughs) hit him up on Cameo and get him to, I don't know, wish someone a happy birthday with a bunch of bacon or something. (laughs) We recently, Sam and I invested money to get the actor who played uh, Ethan Kraft to mention our podcast in a Cameo. He went to Pepperdine and was a water polo player, right? (gasps) Sure. Oh, I thought you went to Pepperdine and no, we're going to tell us stories about him. But I interned, you know, it's funny when I was a senior in college, I interned at uh, like local DC, a newspaper, like an alternative weekly. And one of the other interns, apparently Pepperdine has a DC campus or something. And she was doing an internship too. She told me, yeah, like Ethan Kraft was a student at Pepperdine and was on the water polo team. <laughs> Checks out a hundred percent. Like that all, yeah. He looks like he'd play water polo. One million percent. <laughs> if you think that's a diss, up to you, Ethan. But I, 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 think, I don't. Think so. Yeah, I think you look like a man who plays water polo. <laughs> 
Well, since I think the, the worst, what would the worst insult be? Like if, if maybe like you look like you played water polo is like a high compliment. What would be the insult? <laughs> like you look like you're on the golf team. <laughs> yes, that's a good Oh, one. man, you're giving me golf team energy. You're giving me like varsity golf energy. <laughs> okay, yeah. I have to stand up for varsity golf as my <laughs> best friend in high school got out of PE by joining golf and then miraculously moved on to like the varsity team by sheer force of just waiting it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a waiting game. It's a waiting game. It's a long con. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But since we're on the topic of where are they now, and I guess we'll just, you know, this this will tie in eventually with my eventual question about what you guys thought about rewatching Even Stevens as adults. The Shia LaBeouf of it all, rewatching it as an adult, does that, does it change your perspective of his portrayal of Lewis now that you know what you know about his childhood? I mean, for me, it definitely did. Like we were saying, like, it's a little bit darker. And what I thought rewatching is he has incredibly good comedic timing i mm-hmm. think that it it's very apt that they made him like a little comedy fan he has like jay leno in lewis i didn't look at shia labeouf's childhood bedroom um lewis has like <laughs> pictures of jay leno in his bedroom and i was like yeah he first of all he is that kid who bullied the shit out of me for sure and Aww. also he seems like little comedian wannabe and i feel like that the fact that he's so good at it at first you're like wow he's an amazing actor and then you zoom out a little you're like because he had to be (laughs) 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 but no lies detected (laughs) yeah so i think like a little and also like i am fascinated with child actor culture as a whole and i think when you're like wow yeah seeing honey boy then seeing him in this and how hard child actors have to work like of course, a lot of child actors are going to make horrible decisions when they get older. And like, I do not stand by Shia LaBeouf as a person now, uh, but I I see where like all of that trauma does lead you to down those paths. Yeah, absolutely. It is one of those things I feel like, I mean, to an even greater extent, but like you start to understand why, you know, I think, for example, obviously the Olsen twins were did not go to my knowledge, did not go through any sort of like abusive parents or anything like that. But they were pretty much forced into this acting game into stardom Mm -hmm. when the point, you know, when they were infants. And very similarly, obviously, an abusive parent was a part of the mix. But Shia LaBeouf was kind of forced into that world because of his father, because his dad had been a rodeo clown, all that kind of stuff. It is very interesting to see Though Shia still acts, he has removed himself so much from what had made him famous. And the Olsen twins have completely left acting together, barring, you know, a cameo here and there that Mary-Kate has done in the last decade. Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting to see these kids who were kind of thrust into that world without much of a decision um, have done what they can to, to distance themselves from that. Yeah, I think my favorite example of this is um, my once and forever number one crush, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who (laughs) seems to have used just the ungodly pile of child star money he made um, to allow him to do increasingly weirder and weirder shit and just do fun stuff as an actor instead of taking stuff that he should take. And I think that is, honestly, that's my desired outcome for most child stars is that they, they get to use that money to give them the career 
that they can actually have fun with instead of the one that their parents made them have. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I'd say like or, Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood have kind of a lot of similarities in like career trajectory of like always being mm-hmm. in stuff and like the cute precocious kid. And then as they've gotten older, they're just like, I'm just going to do a bunch of like weird stuff since I don't really have to do this for any real reason other than I like to. I right. love that. Love Miracle Workers. I It's always on places I am. So like I once went to a restaurant where it was on mute and, you know, the dinner was boring. So I was watching it, but on mute wow. and trying to figure out this like wild thing. And then uh, I it's always on it like doctor's offices. Wow. Weird. And then like, I'm just like, what doctor's is the show? I know it shouldn't <laughs> be there. The the doctor campaign. at the doctor's office. Not miracle workers. That doesn't no. bode well. They can't do that. They cannot do that at doctor's offices False because people would be, yeah, people would be getting treatments. So they'd be like, I don't know. Can't the guy from Finding Neverland see me? Like, <laughs> you're not a good doctor. I, I want the good motel one. Step in, please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, I'm I'm happy to hear there's there's a fan and that it, it it's a good show. <laughs> yeah, happy for that for you, Emily. Well well thank you. <laughs> do you guys think that as an adult, do you think even Stevens is a good show? Like would you let if you were babysitting, would you encourage kids to watch it? Did you what was your initial reaction to rewatching it? Other than the the Shia LaBuffness aside. I definitely would. I think it's it's funny. It's not offensive in most parts. Uh, I only saw like one thing where I was like, huh. But it was a common device where in the pilot, they're trying yes. to like pawn rent off for a card that is somewhere between a Pokemon and baseball card. Yes. Um, so they are like, oh, yeah, I'll give you this card for a date with your sister, which is an exact plot from many other shows. Oh, and right. Yes. This, Actually, this can we pause and talk about this? Can you say sure. more about this? Because I think yes. that whole first episode deserves dissecting yeah. in this well, regard. I mean, very offensive that it's like, oh, yeah, for sure. I'll give you my sister in exchange for a good. And that she treats him like he's uh, – you know, in need of help. And that's why she's trying to get volunteer hours. So she treats him like he is someone who needs help from her. And then he's like, wow, I'm having such a good date. And then they honestly have a good time. Um, And then it's like very embarrassing for the kid that she goes out with because it's all revealed and the plan is unveiled. So it's very sad. Um, and that was the only problematic thing in the episodes I watched. Granted, I only watched five. So that was the one where I was like, ooh, gross. 
about that episode, like, yeah, we watched that same plot a couple of times across a couple of different shows. And which shows? The, the part I find so troubling about it. Pardon? Oh, sorry. Which shows did you see a similar pilot device? Um, not in a pilot device, but I've definitely seen things where it's like, I mean, it's like the almost sixteen candles, yeah, yeah, element of like, can it, I buy all that? Yeah. It's in Lizzie McGuire as an episode. I like wrote down because she goes oh. out with Larry Tudgman for some reason, oh. I, but it's not, it's not genuine. Same, fun fact: I'm pretty sure the pilot of Even Stevens with that episode, the co- the guy that is paid, you know, that exchanges the card for the date with Ren is played by the same actor who plays Larry Tudgman. Like I'm almost really? 100% sure. I think it's a different I, guy. I oh, it is. True. Oh. Yeah. Cause I, you know, Lizzie McGuire girls over here. I, it's a different guy who plays Tudgman, mm-hmm. but it's the same plot device where yeah. Lizzie has to go on a date with him for some reason. And she ends up going with him and then has a good time. But then people find out she had a good time. And then they're like, ew. <laughs> and it's once again very sad. And she, I think she says like, no, I actually didn't have a good time. And then it hurts him too. And it's it's another very sad episode. Well, what makes me mad about that is that they try to say like, well, Ren was doing a bad thing because she hung out with this person that she's not best friends with. It's like. What are you talking about? <laughs> Even if like like the way that it was sold to her, like could you basically do a make a wish wish to yeah, this dude? Which is and gross she gives too. an af- sorry, which is gross too that they're like actually he's in like they kind of say it like he's like mentally disabled and needs her help, and she's like, oh okay, sure, which is rude to him. It is, but on the whole, like I I think there's a comment. I think it's worth making a comment that it's like not nice to do charity as competition. But again, <laughs> yes. I but again, I think it's the aspect of like we don't like people trying hard. So in an in a way it's like we're meant to be disgusted by Ren's ambition to win this charity when in reality, I mean she just she gave up an afternoon to bend with this he is a gross dude like there's no way around it like he is nasty I was grossed out the entire time and um so I I don't think what she did was bad but I think that the whole episode is trying to say well like Lewis was bad and she was bad and this gross guy was also bad who is right here and I'm like Ren Ren is right here Ren is the victim I'd like to I'd like to point out the system that makes people turn charity into a competition like in this (laughs) day and age of college applications and extra credit exactly like of course that is why like the you know the feeling the reason of doing you know charitable acts in exchange for nothing is like disappears it's because of the system don't blame ren blame the system there is literally a charity competition at her high school so it's not ren's fault hashtag ren did nothing wrong in this episode (laughs) justice um, justice for ren so (laughs) she i I don't know i think ren did do something wrong she's only doing it because she wants to beat someone there is no charity competition it's just like who there is I thought it was just like, here's who has it. They make it's it a competition because they post it. I mean, yes, 
the prize is small, but they post the rankings and whoever gets the most by the end of the month, like wins student of the month. Like it is a competition. I think I was like that prize is prize. It's a dumb prize. (laughs) But I I think like, yeah, she does it very selfishly. She does it to beat another woman. Huh. Um, And it's like, I, I'm going to do this. And she's like, Hey, I'm only doing this for myself. And, uh, yeah, it's more about system of making charity something to win. Um, but I don't think either of them are right. That's why it's so nice when they have a nice time where it's like, oh, we actually are having a good time. Um, so I, I don't think either of them are right. You know, it's interesting. You just brought up something. So she's trying to beat this other girl. And I realized that in rewatching some of these episodes in later seasons, Ren get or later episodes, Ren does in fact get like a full-time nemesis, a guy also named Larry who, oh, yeah. um, who's played by Eric Todd Hodges. Yes. Very hot. Also definitely not a 13 year old. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely 20 something, definitely 20 something Stacy dash syndrome, Luke Perry syndrome, <laughs> whatever you want to call it for middle schoolers. Um, same with Donnie, the older brother who's supposed to be yes. in high school, oh, but Donnie is clearly is 38 years old. Okay. That's Donnie why I thought he was older than me. Ghost. <laughs> I thought he was a fucking ghost and the ghost was aging in real time. Johnny is eternal. He's been around since <laughs> 1930s. He's Wooderson. He, you know, well, except it's the reverse. He stays the same age as all the students get. <laughs> Look, these are from this, this is from the same place that gives us Tuck Everlasting. So I put nothing past right. the mouse. That's nope. all I'm trying nope. to say. But it is interesting that they like kind of create in later episodes this um, nemesis character for Ren in Larry of someone who is always trying to, you know, be a foil to her. And like he comes up in all these episodes, including the infamous musical episode, um, (laughs) which I didn't check the dates, but I'm not sure if it came out pre-Buffy musical or post-Buffy musical. I'd have to check on that. But um, I am interested to know. But it is interesting, like, um, like that Ren has to have, you know, some sort of a nemesis who wants to get after her. Like she just can't be... Not she not only can she she's the best at everything, but then has to have someone who's trying to like threaten her in every way, shape, or form for like no reason. Oh, mm-hmm. Emily, it came out after the Buffy Musical episode. Oh. Buffy Musical was November two thousand one and the Even Stevens oh. one is January two thousand two. Oh. Oh. But they like likely didn't know about each other. I I doubt that they filmed the musical episode. I'm sure it was just one of those things that was on trend at the time to have a musical episode. Musical episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember there was one for that 70s show. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one I saw. And then I felt like they just like came down like dominoes where it was like every season someone <laughs> would like have a musical episode. Compulsory. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Ali McBeal really like was the one who was Ooh, like, We're gonna yes. do this hardcore. Weirdly, Ooh, and I've Grey's seen Anatomy. all of these. I I didn't watch Ali McBeal regularly, but I've seen the musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> I went through one summer where it was on Netflix, and I decided to watch the entire show. So if you ever have any questions about Ali McBeal, hit me up. Oh, I'll keep oh. that in mind. You know, it's always coming up. <laughs> the one thing I know about Ali McBeal is that anytime my dad sees a bathroom that uh, – all genders can go in. He goes, wow, it's like Allie McBeal in the here. U- the unisex, <laughs> the unisex as they call it on the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, even Stevens, like most good 
children's programming gave me like a weird anxiety about a Sadie Hawkins dance befalling my middle yes. school. Something I never had to deal with. Not Same. one time. Same. But I, I rewatched that episode because I really liked it because I liked, again, Tawny um, fucking with Lewis pretty much yeah. and ending up going with like the hottest guy, not really caring about going at all, which I just loved. And another thing where... I don't think there's a fucking real middle school in the world that's like, yeah, just let's have some. Well, maybe if you well, if you have one of those, oh, God, those programs where they teach you to be a farmhand, would they let you have a pig <laughs> inside? Your, thank you. There we go. What what Zoe went through at her school, you're like, you're in Marin. Why do you need to know 4-H? <laughs> I think that's our, our coastal upbringing showing, yeah. Margo. Yes, exactly. I'm just like so sheltered. Like we had surfing. I don't know about yeah. what 4-H is. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I also would have said that was weird, but my mom literally just married a man that she met at a Sadie Hawkins dance. So what? Uh, like as a child? It, yes, not like right now. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so that happened. Um, uh, but never in my lifetime was there a Sadie Hawkins dance. Um, and the other thing that even Stevens gave me anxiety about that did not turn out to be true was Scrub Day. There's a Scrub Day episode where allegedly the seniors of the middle school, I guess. I'm confused about <laughs> so how eighth this graders, happened. I guess. Is yeah. it eighth graders? It Depends must be on where you live, yeah. <laughs> where they put the I don't know, sixth graders in the toilet <laughs> and give them swirlies. And I've conducted some independent research on this. Mm-hmm. I have heard nary a soul who has ever gotten or knew of somebody who gotten uh, swirly. And I hang out with artists. So, you know, we were bullied and none of us were ever put <laughs> in a toilet. Ca- it would have been character building had that happened. But <laughs> yeah, the closest that, I- it came to for us at our high school, it was high school, not even middle school, but a senior like on the baseball team like teabagged a freshman as like oh. one of like his hazing oh my but he God. gave him a swirly <laughs> I I don't know he put him in the toilet sure yeah. <laughs> yeah he put I'm his clear. balls on him but not in the toilet okay okay he's fine I feel like every high school has a teabagging story <laughs> oh, my I, do? I have never story but I don't know a swirly <laughs> Wow, I don't have it either. These, no. Oh, no. that's the one thing they didn't do in Reno. I know. At my school, we just beat <laughs> each other up like normal people. I don't know. We didn't use I other methods. of that, too. <laughs> oh. my, my friend recently, a couple months ago, maybe this is a few years ago, my friend started a thread on Facebook that was like, what was the quote unquote incident at your high school? And let me tell you, I don't, I'm not on Facebook often, Yikes. but in this, that day, I'm happy I logged in because the thread... And the number of like death threats and like various, like some people went to some high schools where it was a mere, a teabagging incident was the least of your problems. <laughs> I was just appalled. Wow. Wild. Well, I guess in hindsight, even Stevens should have had an episode that was titled The Incident. <laughs> <laughs> they would have had a bunch over here. Right? They, were, I, they were doing crazy stuff. <laughs> I will say back to the pilot though mm-hmm. for as disturbed as we were for him like basically trading uh Ren like chattel um there is I think there is growth because my actual favorite episode is in season three it's the season three opener which is called the kiss and it's where he and and Tawny accidentally fall on each other's faces and kiss and then start dating 
Um, and it's kind of revealed that they're not good for each other because Lewis is really immature. And I was kind of bracing myself for that episode because what I remember is Lewis being mad at Tawny because she was going to kiss somebody else. She was going to kiss a fucking Johnny Tsunami oh, in the yeah. play. Hell yeah. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Am I right? I mean, what an upgrade from Lewis, honestly. Seriously. Truly. <laughs> but I, so I was bracing myself for that episode to be problematic. And what in fact happens is at the end of the episode, Instead of him being like mad at her, he's like, you know what? I think one of us is too immature to be in a relationship, and it's absolutely me. I made a fool of myself. You don't even, there's even a part in the beginning of the episode, because I can't stress enough, they fall lip first onto each other by accident. <laughs> and he, his initial reaction is being really excited. And then later in the night, he and Twitty are talking, and he's like, oh my God. What if Tawny is sitting somewhere thinking this is the scariest, worst thing that ever happened to me in my life? So he's like wrestling with something that like grown ass adult men in 2021 can't wrap their heads around. That Like, what if I may be scary or what if my advance was not, you know, received well? And so he like wrestles with that and then tries to like apologize preemptively for that and then at the end really lays the blame on himself for not being ready for a relationship and I just thought that was like an extremely nuanced sort of growth if you start (laughs) from selling (laughs) your sister to being like I think women probably have feelings and thoughts Um, it's a huge huge growth from season one to season season three well even Stevens was nominated for a couple of Emmys for Outstanding Children's Series and then won a BAFTA around like its last season. So oh, wow. I will give it to them for that. I think, I mean, Christy Carlson Rana touches on this a little bit in some of the interviews that she's given about how she's like grateful to have gone through the quote unquote Disney machine instead of Nickelodeon machine. Because I, know, she I thought like, that was so shady to right? say. I was like, what do you know? <laughs> Just tell us. Get your husband outside. Let's <laughs> Let's start this. <laughs> Is this the video titled How I Almost Won an Emmy? (laughs) (laughs) How I I was almost slimed at the Kids' Choice Awards. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But I wonder if, like, even maybe some of, like, the writing and how it was handled. Because I feel like they they never really talked down or they never really, like, they never made the kids, like, super precocious. They felt like they were always very realistic. Like, these could be kids that you go to middle school with. You know a Wren. You unfortunately know a Lewis. You know a Beans, a kid that just shows up everywhere well, to like provide weird commentary. You have a ghost brother. Um, and and maybe, maybe because those characters are grounded more in like reality. I'm sure she means some other shady, nefarious dealings, but maybe she also just means having like a show. Because like even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire are both very realistic portrayal or as realistic as you're going to get to a middle schooler's experience. I will Mm -hmm. say they have very like apart from our 40 year old uh, older brother, Donnie and, uh, (laughs) and and Eric Ty Hodges, who's clearly 25, everyone else on this show looks realistic enough to be a regular middle schooler. Like 
I judge these shows as I rewatch them. Not to say that there can't be pretty children, but like, I just, <laughs> I just mean in the sense that like, and this is something that I feel like Freaks and Geeks did really well in high school yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Like they ensured that they cast people who like actually look like they're attractive in some ways, but they look like people who would actually go to your school. Like they don't, yeah. they don't obviously look aggressively like child star, child model, like just walked off the campaign of like Abercrombie kids necessarily. <laughs> well, and it's cool because you can see specifically Shia LaBeouf like grow up. Yes. Like in mm-hmm. that first episode, yeah. he is a baby. <laughs> he is a little boy. And then like I was watching an episode today where I'm like, yeah, this guy definitely does Transformers in like a year. <laughs> like he's a real guy now. Um, so I think that that's a cool thing. Like Ren has braces in the first episode. Like these are kids going through kid things and yeah. you see them actually be kids. Yep. What did you guys think about the parents? Uh, I have great stories about both of them, not personal, but here's where I know them from. Um, so, okay, here we go. So the, the, the guy, I just had to do a sexual harassment training at my work. Oh my God, I had to do the same. <laughs> He's in it, right? He's, He's in, in it. it. So, so I was like, that That guy gets around, huh? Yes. I was like, character actor, working actor. <laughs> that guy takes any gig thrown his way, whether it be a full-time show or a sexual harassment video, he is there. Oh my God, I was like, please don't let him be racist. Please don't let him be racist. He was, he was, he was, a, he was a harasser. He was an yeah. assaulter, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he was so. an assaulter. It was so much worse. I was like, oh God, if he says like something derogatory or like gross, I'm going to be really upset. And I was like, oh my God, it's so much worse. And then he like God, smiles yeah. like, you're dad you're Lewis's and friend's dad um Sam you're an actor would you be on a sexual harassment uh training video so based on the rules that were offered in the one that we watch (laughs) um yeah because it would be I most of the time I'm the victim so I just go like hey and most most of my lines are this here I'm reading for the part okay (laughs) ha 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 Hey, that's not nice. Hey, stop it. (laughs) Like, I escalate immediately. So I think I could handle it. I think I have that range. (laughs) Hello, Um, Lauren. Hire her. Hello, Lauren. (laughs) Um, Would you like me to just, like, clip that part for your character reel? Because we can totally do that. We'll just send it over. And keep the laughing in. I think that helps. Like, you'll be like, wow, other people found this very funny. So, like, (laughs) it gives context. She the joy of my life. She plays the role of frightened coworker number three very well (laughs) and also i swear if i would have showed up because i've done weird acting gigs if i would have showed up that day they're like hey so this guy's gonna harass you i would have full out been like you're the dad from even stevens (laughs) 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 um so i love him also the mom is in the sopranos for a line that i swear to god is like where's the gabagool for like one line he's Oh God, she's Wait, also she the Sopranos. She's someone's wife. She's like a really low level guy's wife, oh. and she comes to the Soprano house for like a funeral and is like, "Pass the food. Where's the gabagool?" <laughs> so when when she's when she's younger, we... she's in Saturday Night Fever. So she's oh. not the main woman, like John Travolta's <laughs> love interest, but the the woman we who know hangs Emily. out. Yeah, I know. Sadly, sadly, she is in a very sad like. A, like a very disturbing scene which is kind of oh. whenever you watch I, I remember the first time I watched that movie it's like the only time I've watched it in its entirety I'm like for having such a fun you know BG soundtrack here this is a very dark and depressing movie 
Yeah, it's got a lot oh. more rape than you would assume a and movie that, about right. doing coke she, would have. She was she was a well, part of that scene, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, oh no, I, that's unfortunate. But well, they have range. I think I think what we're hitting on is they have range, and that they are they are getting the work and putting in the work, and you never know where they will pop up. Quite literally, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Um, my feelings about them are similar to my feelings about Lizzie McGuire's parents, and maybe this is because I just had really busy working parents. Um, when these guys work. When are they going into the office? Because they're always at home at like five on the yes. dot. Especially yes. for Wire's parents are like yeah, working from home. Yeah, she's not that busy for Congresswoman. Right. That is true. Is it because she's in Saks so she doesn't have a ton of time to commute? Like, so she's just in and out. She's like dipping in and leaving. And then right. this is like before and as we know, remote work being, you know, as popular as it, <laughs> as it is now. She popularized it. She said, listen, guys, I can run the, the state of California from, from my living room. What could possibly go wrong? She was in charge of San Francisco's budget for some reason. That's why it is the way that it is. <laughs> Stevens' mom worked on it. Um, so I say recall Mrs. Stevens, to be honest. Wow. wow. Not putting okay, in the time. Um, I just want to say. Not this, to be political. Yeah. But. Molly, we don't even do this on our podcast, but I guess here we are. We're taking a stand. Um, today, Molly and I say recall Mrs. Stevens. Recall, <laughs> recall. Mrs. Stevens for the future of Let's, fictional California. <laughs> Let's spend another $275 million yes. on a recall election. It's going to be great. It's Mail work that out. ballot. That's right. <laughs> Forget. <laughs> no, you're you're right, Molly. There's something about Disney parents, and maybe that's what makes them better than Nickelodeon parents. But like, when when are y'all at work? Like, how are these kids not in an after school program? Like, how are you here at three o'clock? How are you making a mid afternoon talent show? I don't know. I know. I was very, as I was extremely confused. And also, as like a, a young child, other than being a corporate sexual harasser, what else is the even Stevens' dad doing? Like, what's his job? Do oh, we touch on that? Is he he is in stuff. I do see him all the time, kind of peeking in and out of. Yeah, that's media. true. He's in stuff. Much like lower level guy's wife, like I think he always <laughs> is like friend of a friend's husband, and he you're like, oh. a lot of commercials. I feel right. like He's great. Yes, yes. Doesn't get to ask where the gabagool is though. That's what, no. He never he, uses accents. Does he have a job? Like, is he a chef? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Oh. That doesn't sound correct because he was no. always wearing a suit. Yes, that was a common Disney dad thing. Like, just put him in a suit. Yeah, that's right. Everything, everybody loves, I was going to say everybody loves Raven, but that's not the name of the show. <laughs> 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 what, what is that? That's so Raven. Thank you. The dad's a chef. <laughs> and, yeah, the dad's a chef yeah. on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got my my Disney dads confused. Still Thank laughing. So at everybody loves Raven. My <laughs> don't act like Disney Channel show. Don't oh, act really? like that's a weirder title. It's not. No, it's not <laughs> a, it's a better so title. Raven. It's actually. It's actually the better title for sure because I feel, as soon as you said it, I was like, "What is the show called?" Now it's a I know. Race I also was like. I literally was like, no, 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 you got it. Like yeah. in my head, I was like, yeah, that's it. But <laughs> that sounds nope. good. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Oh, my gosh. That was not very Raven of me. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone still loves you for it. But speaking of that, so Raven, she has, you know, similar to iCarly, uh, even though that's Nickelodeon, not Disney. There's like an adult that's so Raven show, Raven's House. Where's Ren's? 
corporate America or, you know, whatever That's it is true. that Ren's up to. <laughs> Ren's venture capitalism. It's called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, okay? <laughs> That's actually a pretty good analog. I do think that that is kind of analogous because it would be somebody who is completely overworked, completely dedicated to perfection, whose life was falling apart. And I, I do see that for Ren, unfor- unfortunately. Um even though all I want is success for her. I do too. We gotta write it, babes. Let's let's take a weekend. Let's write the redemption arc for Ren Stevens. Yeah, just confession a trip. Just we'll just <laughs> hammer it out. It'll be fine. We'll get it in we'll the, go to the edits. I mean, yeah. you have the connection through that sunglasses message. Yeah, have I'll just contact info. I'll so just like, some sunglasses in. for you. Yeah, I'll just I'll, look yeah. into the old job Instagram and just poke yes. around and see what I see. Or I can reach back yeah, out and be like, yeah. actually, I stole so many sunglasses from them when there I was like, oh, would you like a pair? Also, <laughs> can you read our script? Exactly. I love like, this. meet us at this place in Hollywood and then show up and be like, haha, no sunglasses, but here's a script. <laughs> no, but really, I have a lot of them Maybe. and I'd be happy to offload some oh. to her. And honestly, win-win. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But since we're workshopping titles, do you guys like Even Stevens or would you have liked Spivy's kid brother more? Because that was initially what the show was going to be called. And they even shot the pilot with the name Spivy and then had to they had to dub it out and have it replaced with like Stevens. Stevens. Like, you know, when like a an ADR voice comes in, you're like, that was not recorded <laughs> on location. Uh, I like I Even think- Stevens. Yeah, I think this was also very com- as we just said everybody loves Raven, <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. Like they didn't take 2 seconds to talk about the name and I think that they or to think about the name and I think that they were just like spivy spivy Ugh, the kids will forget it. Even Stevens that's already a phrase. All right, let's go. Like let's, that's true. Let's let's talk about this though. Oh, the father's name is Steve Stevens. <laughs> no. No it is not. And his oh nickname, his college football nickname, because apparently he played football at Michigan State, was Stiffy Stevens. Yeah. No. Oh. No. You can't. Well, I mean, that's the future of a corporate sexual harasser <laughs> star. <It's> <laughs> I have a, I have something though that uh, I didn't watch this episode, but when I was cruising Disney Plus, I did see that there was an episode called Snow Job, and I was Uh-oh. like, oh, no. <laughs> That, that's <laughs> upsetting. So I think, yeah, he maybe he was a sexual harasser. It's the same timeline. Like, <laughs> he's that it's guy all the same work. cinematic universe. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I also love how there was a Disney Channel show called So Weird. Oh my God. <laughs> like the laziest, like, I don't know, the kids and in a bus, their mom. Uh, it's so weird. They were just going to call it like so Mackenzie Phillips. The afterlife, and then they're like, "No, that's weird. Let's let's mix it." <laughs> oh. Before we let you guys go, do you do you have any more even Stevens thoughts? Do you think, to borrow from the premise of your podcast, do you think it holds up? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's 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 a. Uh, I sometimes say this on our own podcast. It's not in my top list of things you have to revisit right away. Me neither. But, but I don't think it's like bad. I don't, I'm not like, this was garbage. Throw it out. I'm like, yeah, sure. Watch it. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I like thinking about Chrissy Carlson Romano. Um, yeah, I would absolutely show this to a child for sure. Emily? What do you guys think? 
I think, yeah, I honestly, this is one of the more fun ones, barring an episode here and there and like, you know, one or two plot points. I think this is one of those uh, Disney Channel shows that still very much feels uh, relatable in many ways, um, even with the crazy plot points. So yeah, fun rewatch. How about you, Margo? I, I enjoyed my rewatch. I think <laughs> I, I'm aligned with Sam. I know that sounds it sounded shady and I didn't mean it to because I was caught off guard. Um, but I, I'm aligned with Sam in the sense that like it's not in my top to rewatch, but I'm not mad that we had to rewatch it. And I think going back and rewatching it, knowing what we know about Christy Carlson Romano and how she turned out and Shia LaBeouf, even though that adds kind of like a dark element. I don't think so much then. I ch- I choose to focus on the positive, which is like his great comedic timing, but I don't think she gets enough credit for her good comedic timing. And it's difficult to be the straight man. And there, you know, mm-hmm. there's no reason why she couldn't have been the Jason Bateman of that show and like continue on mm-hmm. having a career in comedy. Although I just would say that I think Kim Possible is my favorite Christy Carlson Romano show versus... Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. Even Stevens. But she was in a lot of formative uh, Disney Channel programming that made me feel better about being a bossy know it all. So thank you for <laughs> your service, <laughs> Christy Carlson Romano. <laughs> I agree. I want good things for her. <laughs> I think this is her time. She's on the rise. I think, I think she's going to. Yeah. I, I mean, if she doesn't get like a fun you know, mini, like a dark comedy mini series, and she's fully going to be on some future iteration of Real Housewives. And either way, that'll satisfy me. <laughs> yeah, uh, that we are be... just beginning to witness the Renaissance. let me tell yeah. you. Yeah, everything I said before, th- th- like, it's going to work. She has tried so hard to be back on our mouths and in our ears. Like, yeah, someone's going to be like, asleep at a meeting they'll be like we need a broad and they're gonna be like christy Costa romano just watched all her videos this morning yep it's her and that man will be me <laughs> i'm waiting to get in the room boy and when i do oh i'm just she's gonna fall up. asleep and then she's gonna wake up with an idea <laughs> It just reminds me of that episode of Arrested Development where maybe and Tobias walk around just saying, that Tobias Funke. It's just like, that Christy Carlson Romano. We've said it enough times. It's going to be top of mind for everybody in the know. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to be a star, kid. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Old Millennials with our very, very special fun guests, the Hold Up Podcast. Please plug yourselves. Where can people find you guys on the internet and YouTube and beyond, I'm sure? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore DeSalvo and on Instagram at Sam DeSalvo with three O's. Um, and you can find our podcast at the underscore hold up pod on Instagram and also Twitter. The Twitter is really great. Um, there are, I'm going to admit to you guys right now, there are several podcasts with the same name, uh, but ours is the only one with the Mead uh, notebook in the logo. So click that. Um, and then I'm on Twitter at Serious Molly. 
Yes. Please make sure you download the correct Hold Up podcast. <laughs> you will see it has Lisa Frank stickers on a composition notebook, and that's the one you want. And while you're there, leave Hold Up a ratings and reviewings like you should do for us if you liked what you listened to today. And you can follow the Old Millennials on Instagram and Facebook at the Old Millennials Pod. And you can follow me and Emily individually on Twitter. I am at Marg She Wrote. And I'm at Emily A. Beijing. And until next time, we say thank you so much, Hold Up, thank for being you. with us today. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Hope you. to talk soon. And until our paths cross again, bye-bye. <laughs> bye. 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 bye.